Cargo Cult is a production of Radio Nemo West. Cargo Cult is all about the movies, books, music, and moments that help shape the lifestyle of not only the trucking industry, but also the American obsession with being on the move. What if something just like jumps out in front of you and you have to stop? Don't. What was that? A monster. Host Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn engage in a wild, free-form discussion with folks from both the transportation and entertainment worlds. I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a show that's all about the journey. So far, we're doing fine. Hadn't got a call. And now your hosts, Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn. So, hey, Jimmy. Um, I briefly introduced myself, probably terribly. Anybody else wants to find out about me? I'm out there on the internet somewhere. Um, I am DB. We've known one another for a long time, but I, I, I thought we would uh, we'd talk about how we know one another. So, um, why don't you let the people... And on that. Speaking of Georgia, you and I met at the University of Georgia. We did indeed. We were in a production of A Servant of Two Masters together, which was a lot of fun, where you played a man who was about 60 years older than you were at the time. And I was still- very lucky. I was a freshman in cast in a upperclassman uh sort of role. And, Actually, and, you're still about certainly. 20 years older. You're still about 20 years older than the character you played in that play, which oh, is kind God. of remarkable. Yeah. Getting closer. Getting closer. Go. There tick, we go. Tick, 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 tick. So, um, we and I met there. Um, we moved on from that point together. From the drama department. Um, right? Did not see a lot of each other for a while. And then, out of the blue, I was doing one of my one-person shows in the city of New Orleans in a really sort of sketchy neighborhood at a place called the Voodoo Lounge. Uh, and uh, weirdly, I was there for Final Day. And you were making Final Destination, and I looked out in the audience, and one of your fellow co-stars from Final Destination- Was playing my wife. Was playing your wife, (laughs) is an old friend of mine, and the two of you showed up in the back row of a packed, insane house, and the only laughter I could hear that, I heard a lot of laughter, but the only laughter I really kind of focused on was the two of you, (laughs) and we've stayed close since that point, uh, through many adventures, incarnations. Uh, We have done a a play together uh, that we- enjoyed immensely doing and still it's been about three years developing even yeah. before we put it on stage and um and we got a chance to do that i have been working for sirius xm road dog trucking uh for about five years now uh, approaching i i think i've passed my five-year anniversary i don't huh. keep up with this stuff because i kind of I, it's almost kind of a slow walk into it i began um because i also along with the stuff we've just talked about i had a career working for newspapers as a journalist uh i've worked as an investigator in the 90s so i have a i have a gig economy background sure you know, i've yeah. got a lot of different we've stuff always had that in, in trying to figure out where i wanted to be and where i wanted to go in this world i've been to a lot of places traveled to a lot of places and um i really have found that i've kind of fallen in love with the job that i have you know it's like one of the best parts about waking up in the morning at 1 30 in the morning to do my job is that at least it's one that i love that's exactly right all the other jobs that i did i knew that they were things that i was making money for so that i could continue to pursue the thing that i needed to do the thing that i love to do and you know when you're passionate about something something you've written an idea that we've got we tend to want to just race after that find out more about it see what it is does it make us laugh does it make us think does it make us talk and where does it make us go because i i moved out here to los angeles and then during the summers 
I would fly down to New Orleans and we'd do theater together, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, at, um, Jimmy Mack had a theater called Theater at St. Claude, which we just kept the rain out as best we could and, and, and kept performing and did and, some of the most exciting work that I've done theatrically outside of Atlanta or Los Angeles. And it's really funny because, you know, it's such a hard racket to kind of do. You do it from a passionate place. But to fall into the job that I have now, and like I say, falling into it's interesting because I take over on a weekend gig as kind of a temporary stopgap. And then it turns out that I have enough of a background understanding of law enforcement and enough of a background understanding intermodal transportation. My pe- Everybody's got people, right? You come from people. I come from railroad people. Uh, so I've always had kind of a thing for infrastructure and intermodal interaction and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think what you've also had is what they call a gift for gab and or you think you enjoy talking. I enjoy talking. <laughs> I enjoy two things. I enjoy talking and I enjoy hearing other people's stories. That's and exactly so you put right. me behind a microphone where you have, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of listeners, all of whom have stories to tell about traveling and going places. And remember, a lot of our listeners are not only truck drivers, many of them are military veterans. Sure. It was one of my first phone calls ever was a train uh, conductor in Tasmania. Oh, wow. You know, and, and uh, a, a deep sea diver, an oil rig diver, you know, and, and to talk uh, to these people about their stories and their adventure, like I said, it makes it for a really easy way to kind of wake up, even at the crack of doom. Uh, I mean, it's the crack of doom. I mean, the only good thing I'll say this, though, I say this about about having a show that goes from (laughs) four to eight, four to eight in the West, uh, four to eight Pacific time is that when the show's over with, you still have a fighting chance to have a day because, you know, when the show goes from six, I got to tell you, I didn't like the central time slot. I didn't like six I, to ten. I, yeah, just like Mountain Time Central you know what Dave is just Nemo? one of those that I just, it's hard to believe you're there. You know what, <laughs> Dave Nemo had this great line when I told him what my new hours would be when I made the move from uh, New Orleans to Los Angeles. He, he, he said, these hours are so terrible, they're almost good again. <laughs> And, and he's right, man. Because You're so right. You've turned left. I mean, right. it's so yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. crazy because we've done this too, where it's like if I want to spend a three or four o'clock in the afternoon with you on a Sunday after my last day of work, because I actually, my last day of work is Sunday. I gear it back up on Thursday. I actually start working by around Wednesday afternoon. But he's always working, actually. I can go to bed. I'm I can sure. go to bed at 830 in the morning <laughs> and like sleep until like 230 in the afternoon. Yeah, and wake then we go up see a movie. And go see a movie or something and hang out. And speaking of that, okay. I've been, okay, wait I've, a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, we, yeah, I need to, I need to jump in here. Let's talk about movies for a second. Yep. Okay. Because we've been talking about journeys and I want to talk about some more travel. We, we, we found out a little bit more, or let people in on where we've been, uh, in our past, but like, let, let's talk about some of the present. What, what about movies? What, what, what is it? What's your favorite movie? Is, is that even a question or that's uh, not a question? T- tell us, tell us something about what it is, uh, or, or, or one of your favorite. Movies. I will actually, uh, go back to what you and I were talking about before the show kind of began. Oh, first of all, if anybody ever asked you, this is how you should ask the question. Remember how they were holding, how should you ask okay, the question of where is. you're I, from? I knew we were going to dialectically break this. Down. Okay. Here's how you ask the question. What are your favorite three movies? And you can change your mind a half an hour from now. Sure. That's I like what five. I always tell people. I like a good five. Give me five movies that really People just always struggle you. with the fifth one though. They Do always they? go, well, I don't know, no, man. I, I, well, I got to count it down. I tried to do five to one, you know, uh, because usually by one, I've come up with something else that I totally forgot about. 
Oh, yeah. Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, yeah. No, that is not one of my favorite That is movies, not one but... of my favorite movies. Uh, one of my favorite movies, though, was a movie you just saw the other night and we were talking about before we actually walked into the studio. Sam and Sasha are here, by the way, and we're just kind of thrilled to have them along for the ride. We asked them this question. We asked the people at the counter the question. The Taking, Taking of Pel- Pelham, Pelham 123. One, two, three. It gets That's better. It, oh, it gets so better. Good. It's written and directed by Joseph Sargent. Right. Okay. Do you know what Joseph Sargent did in regards to the aughts? What movie he saved? He saved a movie. Go the ahead sec- and tell me. The first draft of Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi film, Shut up. wasn't working. They didn't know what the problem was. And so Michael Chabron, and who wrote the screenplay along mm-hmm. with Joseph Sargent, and Sam Raimi had the glorious idea that they wanted to make New York in Spider-Man 2 an actual character. That they felt sure. that one the of the geography th- of the place had to the had personality to and the, the personality of, of, that of the city. Yeah, yeah, they really wanted the city to be the city of New York because, as you noticed, one of the great failings, and I'm picking on Marvel movies here just a little bit, with the exception, I think, of Winter Soldier and some of the Thor work, is they don't have a really good sense of place. Winter Soldier really feels like Washington, D.C. It does feel like those mm. 1970s, Three Days of the Condor kind of thing, but most of those films don't feel really grounded. They don't feel like they. Black Panther was different. Black Panther was yeah, different, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. portions of Iron Man 3 did feel like the world that it was in because of the separation between the warmth of how, where we begin and the cold where Tony has to go. Where he crashed but lands, it, but right? Even and there, Asgard. But even I there, see. even there, it's, it's just an odd thing where they don't always get that right. But the second Spider-Man movie, directed by Sam Raimi, 70-year-old Joseph Sargent is brought in to actually fix the script, to give it a real feeling of New York, to give it that yeah. real feeling. And if anybody says, well, why did they bring that guy in? All I have to say is, you haven't got to send my explanation of this. All you have to do is pop in a cassette, stream, or you know, or a Blu-ray, anything. Pop in The Taking of Pelham, one, two, three. New York is all over that. For those people who don't know, yeah. it is a subway hijacking film that takes place in a period in New York where in the country was losing its mind, you have Symbionese revolutions, uh, you have um, airplanes getting hijacked, you have every wacko in creation cults. So the idea of in an economically cratering country, the best way to make money was to actually extort money from a major municipal or governmental agency. So, and everybody in that movie is talking about, it's my job, pal. It's my job. I'm driving the train. I'm robbing the train. I'm a cop. I'm just doing my job. It's just doing my job. And, right. and, and I think part Even of the it, mayor. <laughs> and I think part of that is, though, is that the fear of losing your job sure. permeates that movie big time. And so these four men, uh, led by uh, Robert Shaw and Martin Balsam, and, uh, well, a very creepy uh, Hector Alessandro, who is just awful as one of the four one of the right, four right, villains. Right, right. Um, first of all, Quentin Tarantino. I saw what you did after all, Mister. What is it, Mister. Brown, Mister. Blue, Mister. Black. I, I mean, I, I can't remember. They, they, what they the all have, are, and, and they and they all wear the um, the Groucho Marx glasses. Oh, they've got the glasses. They got the hat. They got the mustaches. Even when they all put them in a bag afterwards, they're trying to uh, uh, escape. And they're like hat glasses mustaches the everything fact that that's part of there's everybody's disguise yeah i oh, mean there's, there, a, there's, there's a plan a... and who's out to thwart the plan the one and only we need more time pelham <laughs> what are you crazy what are you crazy it's walter math walter Matthau. walter walter Matthau. he of uh well morris buttermaker of the bad news bears so it's such good. a weird thing and i gotta tell you that how a yellow movie, tie how a movie be oh it's fantastic yeah 
Yeah. We got to bring that back. Man. We got to <laughs> no, bring that back. Not. Oh, no, we got to bring no. that back. If I looked like Walter Matthau, I'd bring that back. Only Walter Matthau can pull off that. T- I just love that line. We need more time, Pelham. Um, the thing I really love about that movie, though, is I always think that first impressions are so important. And I love a black screen uh, opening credits. It's so sure, it takes sure, sure, sure. It, it takes its time. Dun, dun, dun. If you ever get a chance, guys, by the way, the opening music of the taking of Pelham one, two, three may be the greatest opening movie and music. the end. And the, the, well, yeah, the end music. which they by just the way, bring it back. I won't give away the end. So well. I won't sure. give away the end, but it is one of the great punchline endings of all time. It is to this day, like Popeye Doyle waving at the Frenchman when he comes over the bridge in the French, the connection, French connection. It right. is one of the great sort of good guy payoffs of all time in a 1970s movie where so many films end in despair and defeat. <laughs> I got to tell you, there's a real rousing sense of purpose that comes at the end of the film. So you can see how we love movies. You yeah. can see how we and dive way, into these discussions. Way, that, is that even one of the three, or are we just talking about what I watched last night? But what's so cool <laughs> is the fact that, you know, you talked about framing all of this through sure. the lens of transportation. That's a movie. Oh, the I, whole movie. It's one of the reasons I watched it. I was like, it's a train movie. And, and a car movie. And a car movie. And, and a foot yeah, movie. Oh, so it's much, crazy. Man. So yeah. much of it is about getting from point And it's point so a tense from po- the idea, you've got four minutes to get here. If you don't get here on time, I don't ever want to see you again. And they mean it. <laughs> oh, they and mean they, it. Everybody again, means it. Again, I'm going to lose my job. I love it when the cop is absolutely like, we'll be there. We'll never make it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a, there's a, I'm going to get a little fancy pants here. There is a critical theory term called chronotope of course simply meaning uh time and space um space and time uh chronotope the idea that the road it does sound like a diet drug yeah the road itself i need a little shot of chronotope it's like a michael (laughs) Crichton movie um a little shot in one month yeah so the chronotope is the idea where you merge time and space to create plot the idea that you know you tell people right out from the beginning of a movie or a short story or a novel or any sort of narrative driven thing we're going to begin here and we're going to end there. And it has been used in things as clean as Star Wars. There's a complex version of it where you actually, even movies that don't appear to have the chronotope as the, the driving factor. Oh, I'll give you an example. Bad News Bears. Great example. They don't ever, it's always the same location. The season becomes the chronotope. Sure. Time. Uh, yeah. Time a- anything that the, is watching a team go through their various games, it's, well, we've got to, we've got this long or, 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 or something like we've got to get these test scores up and we've got this long to do it. Uh, something like uh, summer school, yeah. which is even the tick, idea tick, of we've, tick, we've tick, got tick, summer. That's an and underrated at, at movie. First, of course it is. And we're just going to screw around and watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then like, but we all have to pass the test at the tick, end. Tick, and tick, that tick, is tick, the, tick, that's tick, your chronotype. And that's exactly it. The, uh, you, you, you'll see that a lot in regards to, you know, and, and we like or, that. Or dramatic movies like Dunkirk, where we've only got so much time. Right down we're, we're right down to the soundtrack. Yes. Right down to the soundtrack, yeah. where the oh. soundtrack is uh, all the, the, all The ticking tempo. off of the, the fuel for the airplane that is there to actually, like, Tom Hardy's bit right there. Every every moment of that movie is constructed all around. You didn't give anything away. Yeah. yeah. Well. I mean, it's all, it, it's all constructed around the idea that Tom is becoming the enemy which of course now takes us back to trucking where time is once again the enemy because it's 70 hours continuously going at 70 hours you got to shut it down and you've only got so many hours a day and only so many of them can be spent on the road and you got to take a break at a certain point you need a certain amount of sleep time and all of that stuff and so that there's a real kind of connective tissue about what we're going to be talking about so yes taking a pelham one two three is one of my favorite movies your turn tell me some of your favorite movies 
Thanks for listening to a preview of this episode of Cargo Cult. Like what you heard? Hear more from Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn exclusively on the SiriusXM app. Subscribe today at SiriusXM.com.